0: Hillbilly Horror Stories presents... Eerie Encounters. I'm an over-the-road truck driver and I drive across all of the lower 48 states. I see some unusual things from time to time, but nothing compares to what I encountered in Palestine, Arkansas in mid-June of 2011. I was on a long haul from Detroit, Michigan in Houston, Texas. This was day three of my trip, and I was beginning to run out of my driving hours that day. I noticed a truck stop up on the side of I-40. I pulled off and decided to call it a night. I was running ahead of schedule, so I was going to have myself a long 14-hour break instead of the usual 10. Now, right off the bat, I didn't like the area, but I had no other choice. The bathrooms were filthy, and there was enough graffiti on the walls to classify it as an inner-city truck stop even though it was practically in the middle of nowhere. It was also a small shop with parking for only about a dozen trucks. So after washing up, I purchased a new work knife, some hot food, and I headed out to my truck. I sat in the captain's chair and listened to the radio while I ate my dinner with the windows down, letting in the dry wind. The Mississippi River had just begun flooding, but there hadn't been any rain in over a week. The surrounding area was beginning to look like Nevada more than Arkansas. I finished my meal, cleaned up a bit. I slid out of the seat and into the pavement as a gust of warm wind hit me. I strolled over to the dumpster, tossed my garbage inside and began slowly walking back to my truck. I fished out a cigarette and leaned against the bug-splattered side of my truck and lit it with my lighter. I enjoyed the smoke as I watched the sun set below the horizon. A few more trucks had backed into spots. I spotted one guy walking out of the store with a bottle of beer in his hand looking around nervously as he quickly strolled to his truck. The life of a trucker. There's something interesting and new every day, and this guy's risking his job over one lousy beer. I climbed back into the cab of my truck, dropped back into the sleeper berth, changed into a pair of pajamas and lay down to get some rest. I didn't bother setting an alarm. I felt sleep creep over me and accepted it as I drifted off into the dream world. I awoke with the cab of my truck rocking violently, knocking the bottle of water I had placed on my nightstand over onto the floor. I sat straight up, fully awake, and pressed the button on my truck's alarm. It was shortly after three in the morning. I reached down and grabbed the bottle of water that had fallen, twisted the cap, and took a few deep gulps before wondering what had rocked my truck so violently. Then I remembered the wind. I settled back down got my heart rate back below 100, and laid my head down on the pillow. The truck rocked again, knocking my ashtray over that I had set in the cup holder and once again tossing my bottle of water onto the floor. I slipped on the overhead light, slid on my shoes, and grabbed another cigarette from my pack. I opened the curtains, sat in the captain's chair, and shut off the sleeper light. I opened the door and noticed that it had cooled down considerably. I shut off the truck, pocketed the keys, and climbed down onto the pavement to look around. At this time of night, the truck stop only had two lights around the gasoline pumps, and their light could not reach the truck parking area. I looked around a moment, lit my cigarette, and then noticed something. The wind had stopped blowing. I wondered what had caused my truck to rock so violently. Earthquake, maybe? I knew that a few had been reported around Memphis. I was probably close enough to have felt a tremor, but that rocking motion did not feel like an earthquake. It felt like the wind hitting the side of my truck with a strong gust. Curiously and cautiously, I walked around the front of my truck to the passenger side. I looked down the length of the trailer. I noticed movement. Low to the ground. About four feet. Not fast. I used my keys to unlock the passenger side door jumped in and grabbed my large flashlight from the overhead storage compartment. I climbed back down and closed and locked the door. I clicked on the light and I shined it down the side of the trailer. There was a young girl standing off into the field about 10 feet behind my truck. But when I looked harder, she wasn't there. But like I said earlier, truck drivers see something new every single day. This was certainly new I began to walk toward the rear of my truck, scanning the field with my flashlight for any trace of the girl that I had just seen. When I reached the back, there was no trace. It must have been a trick of the eyes. Heck, I haven't even fully awakened yet. I glanced over my shoulder, there were no cars at the pumps, and the clerk definitely hadn't noticed me. I felt the call of the wild coming on, and didn't feel much like walking into the store wearing my pajamas. I was in the middle of nowhere and no one could see me anyway, so I figured no harm, no foul. I stood at the rear of my trailer and did my business, looking around for that girl again and hoping that she wasn't hiding behind something and watching me do this. I put everything away and walked to the driver's side of my truck toward the cab. I took the last couple of puffs from my cigarette and flung it into the parking lot, using my keys to unlock the truck and pop the door open. Just as I planted my foot on the fairing, I heard a very distinct giggle, a girl's giggle. I stepped back down and shined the flashlight around. Nothing. This is getting kind of creepy, I said aloud. He heard me, a small girl's voice answered back. I jumped backward away from the truck. The voice had come from inside the cab. Something was wrong. I had the entire truck locked up while I was walking around. There was no way that someone could have gotten in without breaking a window. Preparing myself for what was going to be an uncomfortable encounter at the very least, I took a step up on the fairing and leaned my head into the truck. Is anyone here? I asked. I had to switch to turn on the sleeper berth light. I climbed in. I put a knee on the seat and peered into the sleeper berth. Good night a soft voice said, which seemed to emanate from all around me. I flinched as I heard the word and I felt a cold chill run through my body. I slid off the seat and stood up in the cab, bumping my temple on the overhead storage bins. I looked around the sleeper, no one was there. I slid off the seat and stood up in the cab, bumping my temple on the overhead storage bins. I looked around the sleeper, but no one was there. I turned around and shuffled into the cab to close the door when I saw the little girl standing outside my truck on the pavement, looking up at me with lifeless eyes. Those eyes, you see, they weren't meant for a person. They were designed for a predator, and all of a sudden, I felt like the prey. I reached forward and slammed the door shut and flicked the lock. I quickly decided that I was not staying here for the rest of the night. I turned the key and I heard my truck's motor rumble to life, along with the familiar, annoying buzzing that was my air pressure gauge telling me that I didn't have enough air to release the brakes. I took a quick glance out the window and there she stood, still as a tree, looking up at me and smiling. I didn't want to get any closer to the window until I was ready to get my truck moving. This was wrong and I didn't want any part of this. That girl was not human. At least not anymore, she wasn't. It was almost as if she was something so inhuman that it would take the form of a human. It's hard for me to explain and I feel sick just thinking about it. I heard the siren shut off and hit the valves to supply air to my brake system. As the system began to air up, the siren came on again. Screw this, I thought to myself. I have enough to get out of here. I disengaged the clutch, ground the truck into gear and roared out of the parking lot like the devil himself was behind me, which for all I know, he was. I looked in my side mirror as I was about to start turning right and I saw the girl washed in the red and amber glow of my running lights. She was smiling at me and waving. I flew through the gears as quick as they would let me and got back onto the interstate. I drove for about 45 minutes, repeatedly hitting the switch to turn on the interior lights to look around the cab and the sleeper before finally spotting a larger truck stop at the next exit. After backing into one of the few remaining spots left, I shut off the lights and turned on the sleeper berth light as I walked into the back, and then I paused. At the store, I had bought a souvenir. Nothing fancy, just a postcard with a picture of Arkansas on it. I also had bought a new knife. I'd never even taken the knife out of the box, and I remembered putting the postcard into a drawer for safekeeping. The point of the blade had been driven directly into the spot on I-40 where I had originally stopped for the night. The blade had been driven in deep, pegging the postcard to the nightstand. It took me several minutes just to work the knife loose enough to withdraw it from the nightstand. Thankfully, when I turned the postcard over, no message had been left for me. This day, I do not know what I saw. I hear other truckers talk of strange things that they see on the interstates, U.S. highways, and state routes, but I've never mentioned my experience. I've always felt that just by mentioning her, I'd walk back out to my truck, and there she would be, sitting on my bunk and waiting for me. I threw that postcard away and tossed the knife into the dumpster. I got another postcard from Arkansas, just to keep my collection going. I've got 36 so far. That story was sent to us from Mike. My dad told me and my brothers a story when we were growing up, and it always stuck with me, particularly on long drives when I'm feeling a little bit sleepy. The first time I remember hearing it, it was after I asked him if angels were real. I was probably 7 or 8 years old. He drove trucks decades ago, before I was even born. This was before labor laws were around and limits and brakes were more standard. I'm assuming that it's different now. He'd fairly regularly accept calls that would extend his shift to where he was driving 24 to 36 hours, or even more sometimes, without a break longer than a quick bathroom or a fast food stop. One night after having already driven a particularly long day he noticed that his eyes were getting droopier and the whole roll down the window and blast the music up thing didn't quite seem to be helping much. It was a rainy night on a pretty windy mountain road without a shoulder to be able to pull over safely so he started doing these logic games out loud to kind of keep alert and awake. He was saying something to the effect of, I just passed mile marker 146. So what time will it be when I reach 200 if I'm going 55 miles an hour? Then he closed his eyes, he took a deep breath, and he felt his head do that nod-jerk thing, which woke him up with a gasp. He opened his eyes to see that he was driving straight toward mile marker 158, which would have sent his whole truck tumbling down a random ass mountain ravine. He was able to correct the course safely back, but it was a matter of seconds between that reality and certain death. He insisted this day that he slept through 12 miles of windy mountain roads going 60 plus miles per hour, only to wake up right at the last moment between life and death. And this story usually ends with him tearing up and saying something to the effect of, I don't know if there are angels, but I do know that there's something bigger going on in this universe than our human brains have been able to understand yet. If I wouldn't have woken up right when I did, You kids wouldn't be here today, and that's something that feels pretty close to spiritual. That story is from Lisa in Columbus, Georgia. It was really foggy, and when we finally reached the end of the fog, we looked to the left to see where we were. About 50 yards from the road was a man and a woman in what appeared to be wedding clothing from at least a 100 years ago. The man was wearing a big top hat and the woman was wearing a very old looking white dress. They were holding hands with their backs to us, walking towards the woodline. We drove past and I just remember the silence in the car when my mom said, what the F was that? To this day, Whenever we are together, and one of us tells the story, we all get goosebumps. That's from Luciano in Texas. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories Presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.